0: I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with up. I've never been with anything less than a nine, so fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Boa. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances i die for living in the movies and T.V. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building, I might roll a brand new car, cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made records such a star.
1: This is
2: Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com.
3: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. one of your hosts, E. Simon. This week, there's no Wackerly. We have Sleazy E. filling Mm. in for us. What's up there, Sleazy? I am Sleazy E. Hey, thanks for being on the show for, uh, for this week, episode 223. As it turns out, Wackerly, you'll never believe what Wackerly's doing right now. Wackley couldn't come in to Sick and Wrong record a show this week because he's doing glamour shots. He's having glamour shots taken of him right now.
4: That's so poncy. What a nonce.
3: If you have, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about, glamour shots? You know, when uh, they go to the mall and they make you dress up with like uh, makeup and like hairspray your hair I and they styles.
4: Did, I thought they did that in the 80s. I thought they didn't do that anymore.
3: No, Wackley still does that. Oh, I get you. Okay. He, he's just doing a private shoot for his girlfriend. I think he's wearing like a sexy Speedo. or and a um,
4: pink, pink shirt and like his, his mullet and stuff, a clip-on
3: mullet or something. <clears throat> he actually asked me this weekend to spray tan him. And I was like, are you, are, <laughs> I was like, are you out of your fucking mind, Wackley? No, but seriously, people. What, you know what? It's kind of funny. He is taking glamour shots, but it's not for his girlfriend. He's taking glamour shots for his work. His work is requiring all their workers... I guess they're redesigning their website or making a brochure or something. I think it's a brochure. And they're, all they're, they're, they're forcing all their workers to take, like, glamour shots in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. So his boss told Wackley, um, you've got to bring uh, two sets of clothes and you've got to dress up really nice. But and where you are they going to change? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs>
4: they're going to have, like, a dress van?
3: There's an outhouse on the, by the Golden <laughs> Gate Bridge, isn't there?
4: Well, is that Fort, was it, Fort Miley or whatever that plate's down there, I guess. But yeah, that's pretty crazy. And then, like, what's the difference in the shirts? What, because they're all going to be in different places and that's and, uh, ridiculous.
3: You know, I'm not really quite sure. Uh, I'd love to see these glamour shots, but, you know, Wackily will never let these, these pictures see the light of day. Like, well, I'm never going to see these pictures.
4: Yeah, well, if they put them on the website, right, you know where I, he works. I think
3: it's for a brochure that uh, they're sending out to clients. I see. So it's like... You can call Lance Wackley, engineer extraordinaire. But I mean, you have could to wear a imagine, cape as well? Could you imagine if our boss, I mean, we work together, Me, Sleazy and I work together. Could you imagine if our boss was like, all right, I need you guys to take uh, some glamour shots. And, uh, you know, Ian, you really need to do something with that hair. Uh, I want some lines shaved into the sides. Uh, you know, I do
4: my eyebrows, shave my eyebrows.
3: Uh, yeah. You know, but wear some uh, some nice uh, nice black slacks, and uh, I want a button down shirt going as on there.
4: As long as it wasn't uh, the, the, the uh, khakis, I'd be all
3: right. I, I've never actually had to do that no. for uh, work. No, I mean, I it's mean. it's almost like uh, what they made us do back in elementary school.
4: Well, you know, like, like, you know, you had the high school pictures and stuff every year or whatever. That's what I'm and, saying. It's yeah. like senior pictures. And then, you know, you'd have, like, your parents would buy, like, five of this size and four of this size and stuff, eight, 10 8x10s eight or whatever.
3: I always ruined every picture <laughs> I was ever in. I mean, and not, and not just, like, I wasn't even trying to ruin it. It's just my face just would ruin every picture you I was in. You'd crack the lens or something? Well, no, uh, you know, we'd take a picture of the class together, and it's like. They'd be like, smile, and I'd try to smile, and it would just end up, look, I'd end up coming out looking like some kind of mongoloid or something. So how
4: many would your parents buy then?
3: No, they'd, but they'd have to buy the, the <laughs> pictures, but then every year my mother would be disappointed in me, because she's like, you just ruined another scene, you know, another, another class year. picture. Another class picture, maybe next year. I was like, you know, Mom, it's not my fault I'm ugly, it's <laughs> your fault. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you weren't drinking during pregnancy, if you weren't smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and, and You crack, didn't give me the ugly gene. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anyway, so Wacker couldn't be here this week, so we have uh, Sleazy E. filling in. And it's actually kind of, uh, it's time well, Sleazy. It's a, it's your birthday week this week.
4: It is, yes, it Happy is. Happy birthday. I know, we've
3: got to get some shots going here. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's, it's a bummer, because uh, for your birthday, I actually went out. Walked all the way to the Fillmore, Fillmore, San Francisco, and bought tickets from the box office for Gary Newman.
4: One of our favorite bands or persons or whatever you want Gary to call Gary Newman's it. amazing. Yeah. He's yeah. one of my idols. And well, Gary the-
3: Newman was playing the entire album of Pleasure Principle. Yeah. And I was thinking, what an amazing birthday gift. Exactly. And yeah. as it turns out, they had to cancel the show. He's stuck in England. You know, I wonder how many shows. I mean, were affected by like how many? Uh, it was a mini. It was a
4: mini tour. I think like it was just you know like the coast and stuff, and then Coachella. They were playing Coachella and stuff as well. I guess. But um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of people just disappointed because they all uh, all the shows are sold out. I think.
3: So. Well, it's the volcanic ash that's obscuring the skies and uh, planes aren't allowed to fly over England. I think now they're allowed to fly. Yeah, they, they just reopened
4: the- it. Yeah, but like uh, I'm sure it's Ming the Merciless taking his death ray to to the volcano, setting them off.
3: Well, you know, it's funny because it's you know everyone's just kind of like. So, you know, President Obama couldn't fly to Poland for the, the burial of, uh, the, the Polish president oh, who died right. in Russia. Yeah, and, all, you know, that. a lot of yeah. world leaders couldn't fly over there. But what I'm, you know, what I'm most upset about is Gary Newman couldn't make it out to San Francisco to Damn. perform Pleasure Principle live for us tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really kind of bummed so we're about doing
4: it. this instead. So you guys are lucky that he, I guess. Didn't well, in other make words,
3: it? I actually now have a vendetta towards Iceland. Fuck Iceland, <laughs> dude! Seriously, <laughs> well, what, it's an insignificant, inconsequential country. They're debt-ridden. What? What? Really? What, you know, I, I bet you sure they're loving they, this.
4: What have they brought the the world? Like the uh, Sigur Rós and Bjork, right? Well, and then that's, that's about, about it. it, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know
3: anything else about Iceland.
4: Right. I mean, well, I don't
3: even know why people live up there. Because
4: <laughs> they, because they their sheep shaggers, I guess. You so. know, they're
3: loving this because they're getting so much press. I know yeah. it's negative press, but they're getting so much press because they shut down. They, they essentially they shut down a quarter the of the world. world.
4: Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's, Half the world probably. Yeah. yeah so,
3: so Al Qaeda should be taking notes because that's how you do it. Yeah. Natural calamity.
4: You set off a few, uh, you know. Well placed uh, bombs in the, in in a volcano, and you've got it covered.
3: Yeah. I, you know, it's and it and it's all because of Iceland. So it's all Iceland's fault that we're not going to see Gary Newman this week. <laughs> Although Gary, uh, they, you know, I read on his website they're supposed to, uh, I, I guess, reschedule the show yeah. sometime later on the year.
4: Yeah, but you know why he might die before then.
3: <laughs> yeah, you never, you know, and yeah, then know. then I'm going to go get revenge well, on Iceland. Well,
4: that's yeah, that's messed because I've never seen him before.
3: I've never seen him. He's to
4: pleasure principle.
3: Actually, well, I
4: have. One time I saw him. He uh, when I was a kid in England, uh, he, he he used to be like a big uh, pilot, and he had all these like crazy planes, and he had a um, a Japanese World War Two fighter plane. And uh, something went wrong, and he crashed it in the field next to my house. Where we- we was summer vacation. When in Southampton? Well, in, yeah, Winchester, yeah. And he crashed it, and so we all like, rode our bikes over there to see all what was going on and stuff. And then we saw the plane all crash like, Did you have to pull Gary stuff. Newman no, out of the no, wreckage? No, it wasn't that good. People had already <laughs> beaten us to it, but then we found out later that it was Gary Newman. He crashed That's it.
3: why he should be driving in cars, not flying planes.
4: <laughs> well, he has, well, he has done a, a plane song as well, hasn't he? Air, aircraft uh, uh, something bureau I wouldn't
3: mind seeing uh, Gary Newman in that World War II fighter jet versus Bruce Dickinson who's also a pilot
4: yeah you see that Iron Maiden plane they've got like a DC-10 or I something. wonder who would
3: win an, in an aerial <laughs> battle <laughs>
4: I don't know. I think uh, yeah. I put my
3: money on Bruce. Yeah, I don't know because yeah. you know he's, he's metal.
4: Yeah.
3: But anyway, you know, uh, uh, instead of going to uh, Gary Newman, I bought you tickets for the Bronx. Nice, awesome yes. punk band playing yeah. tomorrow night. So uh, we'll we'll end up having birthday festivities anyway. Yeah. So uh, this week we decided to do a uh, kind of a special show. As luck would have it, you uh, recently went to a. You know, we we've we discussed this in the past that uh, Sleazy E was uh, formerly a professional BMX rider, still a BMX rider. And uh, you went to a was it a national bunny hop convention
4: Not quite. in the desert? I know, I know you like where
3: all the BMX guys get together and bounce on the back <laughs> wheels for yeah, like three I, hours. I know you. I
4: know you like to call it that. But no, it was uh, It was even. It was even funnier than that. I guess it's like the. The old school guys reunion where like uh, everybody, you know, you have to be over, I think the age limit is 33. So you have to be over 33 or you can't come.
3: Do you have to ride the same bikes you rode in the 80s?
4: Um, No, no. Luckily enough, because most of those would be, you know, would break now with the, tricks that kids do nowadays but uh there was a lot of people riding the old school bikes and i brought i have an old school bike i brought mine out, out there for that but i, so didn't, what, I didn't ride what, it it was a
3: couple of weeks ago right a couple of weeks, yeah, ago. Two weeks ago and yeah. uh, where was it it was out by it's out near
4: Fre- kind of near fresno it's at a it's at a camp for um for school for kids like it's it's expensive to send your kid there but it's a camp for kids and they have pros there that teach you how to you know skateboard bmx or whatever there so I think like last time I was there, like a, like six months ago, um, Pamela Anderson's kids were there. So,
3: so who who uh, like out of the old school professional BMXers that showed up? Uh, uh, name some names that oh. I might know of.
4: Oh well, you well actually the, the first, we had, this was the second one uh, a, annual one, um, but the first one that uh, was a year ago and that was uh, Bob Harrow, the biggest name in the sport, um, Ron Wilkerson, Eddie Fiola. Who's um, the guy?
3: The big air guy.
4: Matt Hoffman was Matt. there this year. Yeah, Matt Hoffman was there this year. Um, and uh, Dennis McCoy, Dave Nori, Mike Dominguez. Um, so what,
3: what do you, like all you old geezers get well, together we'll get, and well, uh, rub day we'll yeah, yes. on each other and <laughs> bounce around and do tricks, stuff like that? It, it's what, a
4: three-day thing. And they have like a, you know, like a, kind of like a, a lodge there. And so we all like, you know, stay up at the lodge. And then you know ride during the day, and then and and then at night you know uh, there's a bar there, and we all you know have a big party, and so it's a and big t- reunion. Tell, tell stories about you know past tour stories, or just anything you know anecdotal how, fun.
3: How many of these guys still ride? I
4: mean, they all mo- nearly actually pretty much all of them had their bikes, and they were all right. You know, riding. Like I mean, professionally. Not, I mean, well, they... I mean, no, 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 not mo- the guys. Probably not many of them actually still ride and make money from riding. Uh, probably, you know, like 5% of them that still ride and make money, but they're all right. You know, everybody there. What, what do they think ride? of the
3: young whippersnappers these days doing those insane tricks? On yeah. Their bikes. I
4: mean, it's, it's got crazy. I mean, you know, with the help of things like foam pits and stuff, you know, where people can like learn backflips into foam pits. We didn't have those back in our day. So you guys had
3: to like fall straight on the yeah, asphalt.
4: Yeah, exactly. So that wasn't, you know, not, and that's not much fun, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they they're in awe of it, you know. But I mean, you know, hope, hopefully the kids give them respect because they're the guys. Give that, props to your elders, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: So you ran into a uh, famous professional BMX rider uh, Eddie Fiola,
4: yeah, and, yeah, uh,
3: and, and uh, luckily, you know, it was kind of cool. You're you're chatting with him. You mentioned Sick and Wrong, and right. he is down to come on the show, yeah, and uh, chat with us about being a professional BMX rider, and right. now. A Hollywood stuntman.
4: Yeah, he's actually transitioned. Well, he transitioned f- quite a few years ago now. From, from he was a you know a real legend. Like uh, K- they used to call him King Eddie because he was a uh, king of the skate parks back in the mid eighties. Um, and yeah, now he's transitioned there into uh, into a stuntman career, and he's in you know major 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 films. You know, so
3: so what, was he one of the first like professional BMX riders where you know everybody knew his name? Um, he was making like, huge paychecks.
4: He was making. To my knowledge, he was making pretty pay, pretty high paychecks for riding a bike in that you know in that in the in the, at the time, um, and he was yeah pretty much one of the big one of the main guys probably you know f- three or f- three or four guys and he was if not the top like within those three or four people so
3: and uh, people might might uh, actually recognize the name because he did all the stunts in the cult classic Red
4: yeah he he actually like. Uh, For the, for the main star, he actually doubled for, and did all the stunts for that guy. And it's funny, he had to actually um the, the the actual star had to dye his hair to match uh, eddie's hair because it was so black and so uh, yeah i mean he did all this all the stunts were eddie and it was you know from the beginning to the end
3: well we're gonna have to uh, chat with him definitely about rad that was one of my favorite movies back in the 80s <laughs> but also i mean uh, about being a hollywood stuntman i yeah. mean i think a lot of people our age you know that grew up in the 80s and uh, watched uh, you know the fall guy remember the show with lee majors uh, the, uh, anything with lee we majors in was idolized amazing. you know we, we we idolized lee majors and right. we we love that uh, that show. It's like I, w- I wanted to be a stuntman so bad. Well, I mean, I mean who,
4: the, what kid didn't? Every kid. I mean, I remember, You know, I tied you know string to the edge of a blanket and jumped out my bedroom window. You know, like every kid wanted to it, do. Well,
3: you know, it, it started out. I wanted to be a stuntman man during Lee Majors, and then I wanted to be a ninja because ninjas were really big in the eighties too. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I, well, I had a ninja of the motorcycle? outfit. No, they were like American Ninja One, American Ninja oh, Two, Faces right, 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 of the right. Ninja,
4: and then that one uh, with the fat
3: guy. Uh,
4: what, Beverly Hills it, Ninja. Uh, oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja.
3: <laughs> that, you know, I think ninjas were actually jumping yeah, on the shark down. at that point. Yeah. But no, I, you know, for, for a good period of the 80s, I really wanted to be a stuntman. And so I think it'll be great to uh, chat with Eddie Fiola and uh, find out what it takes to be a Hollywood stuntman. Before we get to that, uh, how about a quick word from our sponsor, AdamAndEve.com? Hey,
2: kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! then go to AdamandEve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you.
3: Hello. Hey, Eddie. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, it's D. Simon and uh, Ian calling from Sick and Wrong. How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we got, we got a lot to talk about. I'm kind of excited about this. Good deal. I can't wait. Hey, so um, you know, we we were just uh, chatting about the uh, the uh, old school reunion you guys went to and um, how you guys ran into a lot of different people. And uh, we mentioned that uh, Ian ran into uh, you at the convention, and you guys started talking. So, um, I guess just for a little bit of history here, when did you start riding professionally in uh, BMX?
5: Uh, Really, it de- depends on what you call professionally. I mean, it, do, do you consider uh, getting paid to ride somebody's half pipe uh, in the middle of a super mall, or...
3: I guess getting paid would be professional, yeah, don't you think? <laughs>
5: um, yeah, I guess that would be early '80s. I mean, like '81 would probably be my start, and I actually started doing shows with Gail Webb.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, she was at the old school
3: thing, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah she was actually taking photos of a of a bunch of guys out there. Right. So,
3: I mean, how many people were riding back then? Like Was that the the genesis of BMX back in
5: 1981?
3: Um in freestyle and
5: there's quite a few bmx racers you and, and like i collected magazines back in the day and, and had harry larry and eddie king and all these guys toby henderson all on my wall uh you know looking at that type of style and then you know bob harrow you know came on the scene and, and tinker Juarez was definitely one of my you know when when i seen tinker at lakewood skate park that's when i i knew that oh i got a start riding the skate
3: parks. So who started the whole freestyle thing where it's like, all right, let's start doing tricks on these bikes.
5: Uh, Well, I'm going to say it was Bob Harrow. Uh, You know, Bob Harrow was doing, you know, curb indos and these quarter pipe things and and, uh, Tinker Juarez was the first guy I ever saw in a skate park. Um, But definitely Bob Harrow, I think, was like, you know, the founder of of freestyle and him and, you know, RL were buddies. Uh, So those two guys, Uh, you know, combined with the magazine coverage, uh, I'm sure started it.
3: Right. So then, so was your first movie the uh, cult classic Rad?
5: Yes, my actual first movie ever that I ever did was Rad.
3: So how did you hook up with that? How did that happen?
5: Um, Prior to Rad ever coming out, uh, this guy, I had no idea, uh, came to the skate park and his name was Hal Needham. And uh, Hal came out and and was talking to me and then actually asked if he could come over to meet my parents and and talk to me. And uh, he had seen a lot of the magazine coverage and he had this idea in his head.
3: So you're already kind of a big star then, though, at that point, right?
5: Um, I had a couple pictures in the magazines, yeah. Yeah, so... um, This guy came in, you know, a couple years prior to, you know uh Rad coming out or, or filming Rad and and I didn't know but he was, you know Hal Needham was the uh you know, the director and stunt coordinator for all the Smokey and the Bandit movies.
3: Oh
0: yeah, oh, wow.
5: So uh he and he asked me about my life, and, you know, my dad had passed away, and I didn't graduate, or I, I graduated, but I, you know, barely graduated, and, you know, was all into the VMX thing, and this is the only thing I did, so it was, like, roughly based off of my life, you know.
3: But the, the movie, Rad, right, the main character? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you, you doubled for You did all the stunts For the main character of the, of the movie though, right?
5: I did 99% of them There was a couple spots Like the school routine That I did not do
3: <laughs> oh, so you did, That was my next question You didn't do the Send Me the Angel scene?
5: Nope, nope I wasn't
3: there <laughs> You um, went ballet
5: dancing? <laughs> that was March Naparillo Yeah And Pat Romano
3: Right, right I, Do you guys still make fun Of those dudes though To this day For doing that scene?
5: <laughs> uh, you know what? We all left about it I mean it's all a bunch of fun and you know I look back at it now and just you know laugh but
4: But who had to wear the wig and uh, and pretend to be the girl
5: well 90% of the time that the girl is riding other than the the, the school routine it was me (laughs) I wore the wig uh, I wore the shirt I'm the one who looks stiff in the, uh, the park scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's me.
4: Did you have to wear a, a padded bra and stuff or
3: as well?
5: She, she wasn't all that... Oh, endowed. in <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so you did the movie Rad. How did that segue into a professional career as a, a Hollywood stuntman?
5: Ah, so what it did is, um, moving from the movie Rad, uh, doing a bunch of, you know, still competitions here and there, um, being sponsored by GT for six or seven years, um, then, uh, you know, the new guys came in, this and that, and yeah. and, and uh, I wasn't competing anymore, so, you know, to find money to do something else, this other TV show came around, and it was called uh, Pacific Blue.
4: Right, right. Pacific right. Blue. I can like, uh, recall that. It was like mountain bikes in Malibu or some cops on mountain bikes in Malibu or something, wasn't it? Yeah, mountain
5: bike police cops right. at the beach. Right. So what they wanted was they wanted all these BMX stunts and tricks on mountain bikes. Right. And at that point in time, nobody was doing that. And I put a bike together i put a gyro on a on a mountain bike and and started doing all these tricks and and had a full season of figuring out that doing stunts on a bike or in the movies or in the tv show was well worth getting into
3: right. yeah you could, a you lucrative could, career you could see a paycheck there so did you want to be a stuntman though when you're a kid like do you remember the 80s show the fall guy oh yes I mean, we we all love that. Everybody, like, right? know, I idolized yeah. Lee Majors when I was a yeah. kid, and it's like I mean, we all wanted to be stuntmen. So I mean, were you pretty excited about it back then?
5: Oh yeah, no, I was. I was uh, every kid, I, you know, wants to be a stuntman. I, I'm living the dream.
3: Right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so how does one? So how does one train physically to do that? Like, how do you learn the stunts?
5: Well, uh, that good question. I mean, like sometimes it's not learning the stunt; it's just knowing that you got to you got to be the right person to do the thing like um how do you train i, I did a tv show called uh sons of anarchy
3: oh, yeah 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 i a big our favorites. fan of that show yeah, yeah.
5: yeah i was in the in the very finale section of of that that tv show and i and i uh was a Mayan
3: biker oh one of the Mayans, yeah right. the rival biker gang
5: right. yes and at the very end of the the show, the rival gang, um, there's a big box truck that comes up in front of him and starts shooting everybody. And, you know, we're riding Harleys and uh, the the stunt coordinator at the very beginning says, okay, well, we need three guys to fall here. We need one guy to fall there. And uh, you're all getting shot and we're doing this at 40 miles an hour.
3: Wow. Wow. So, I mean, are all the stunts coordinated completely beforehand? Like, you know what you have to do. Do they run it by you first and then you got to be like, no, nah, I don't think so. Or all right, that sounds good. Um, they say,
5: well, it, it's it's real vague over the phone when they say, "Hey, you're gonna uh, you're gonna lay down a motorcycle." <laughs>
4: that sounds <laughs> ominous. You
5: know, so, I'm good
3: with that. Yeah. So I mean, so are there certain stunts that you that's like your expertise? Your expertise, like diving out of a car or, or you know, laying down a motorcycle.
5: Um, I don't have any any particular expertise other than bicycle stuff. I get called a lot for the bicycle stuff. Right. Um, I don't do any fire gags.
0: Right, right. Uh,
5: um, but I, I've done. I've been hit by cars. I've been. Uh, I've rolled cars. I've rolled motorcycles. Laid motorcycles down. I've jumped out of buildings.
3: I've been <laughs> beat up. So, so where that—that's my question. Like, when, uh, like, rolling a car or uh, jumping out of a building, where do you learn to do that type of a stunt? <laughs> do you that have me? a mentor?
5: No, there's actually nobody. There's there. It's uh it's hard to say. It's like you don't. If it's, it's like going to bartending school, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you don't really. You're not really a bartender if you went to bartending school because it, that's not how you learn. Right. right. You learn because you were a bar back. Right. You know? And I learned how to do stunts from all my BMX experiences. So I learned how to fall. Because
3: you fall all the time.
5: And try to, you know, to do that again. And I just know that when this car hits me, I'm going to be able to fall to this area. Right. You know, so um, you just, it's, it's experience and knowing that, you know, you can't mess it up. I mean, you either have to go all the way or don't take the job.
4: But I mean, like, how do you get, you know, how do you gain the respect of, like, the stuntman community? How do you prove yourself?
5: Yeah, there's, you know, the, the stunt community is, is really small. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people out there, but it's really small. It's, and it's Hollywood. If you don't know somebody, right, right, you, you don't, you're not getting a job. Yeah. If they, they don't know who you are, then you're not getting the job. Because
3: it's pretty much word of mouth, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but I mean, do you have an agent? Does someone contact you, like contact your agent, and then go through, then hire you?
5: No, actually, there are no such things as stunt agencies that I know of um, because it's all word of mouth. It's all about, you know, hey, I know this guy because the stunt coordinator isn't going to put his word on the line saying, oh, yeah, this guy can do it, right, and then right. find out from a, you know, he found this guy from an agency. Doesn't happen,
3: right? So, but I mean, the, but the, yet they want to know that your experience, you've worked on, you know, various different films. All right,
5: right. So, what they do is they actually they like all the coordinators. A lot of the coordinators have worked with each other. So, what they'll do is like if they if somebody says, "Hey, I need somebody to to lay down a bike, and I, I need them to look kind of Mexican looking." <laughs> well, they go, "Well, hey, well, I know this guy. Well, I've never worked with him. How is he? Well, then." Well, he's worked for this guy. Right. So it, it it's a small community.
3: So what's the worst injury you've ever sustained like on the set?
5: On the set. Well, it it was a real stupid one, but it was the worst injury that I've that I sustained. Um I was uh chasing a dog off a roof.
3: <laughs> what movie was this?
5: And uh it was some some uh Disney special. I don't even know it what movie it was, but I was chasing this kid or this, this dog off this roof and I was supposed to fall down these um, hay bales sideways oh. and you would just keep rolling down the stairs um, of these, these hay bale stairs. And uh, when I got down to the bottom, I was supposed to, you know, shake it off and then run out. Well, when I got down to the bottom, I had uh, torn my, I think it's the MCL? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. And uh, I got up and I ran away, but they they said, "Oh well, that was perfect, but we didn't focus right." so oh, oh, you Got to do it again. <laughs> got to do it again, and I
3: couldn't. Wow. Well, you know that that's kind of leads into my next question. I was wondering what happens, you know, if a stuntman is severely injured or you know or, or dies on the set. Like, what what happens? Like, can ah. a stuntman sue? Like, or do you have to sign a waiver?
5: Well, it's there's a lot of Technicality things that go on. I mean, like whose fault was it? Was it actually a um, a the car that was rigged wrong? Was it the um, apparatus that he's flying on? Was it the ropes that he's flying on? Did you know the, OSHA tries to come in and tries to uh, you know regulate what we do is safe and unsafe, but. If it's a stunt, how how does OSHA, you know, verify what is safe and unsafe?
3: Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. how, how does jumping out of a car, how and can that be, be safe? safe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. OSHA doesn't have any rule books on that. Right. You know, so, so it's, it's, we're on the outside of the, the envelope when we do stunts. Now, take it, the stunts are relatively safe. I mean, most of the time, it's not a death situation if everything is done right. Um... But if they were safe enough, then the actors would be doing it.
3: Right. right yeah. Right, so right. That, that's why it's like. A, so there's there's got to be a line. Like, what what is the line that the actors like? Okay, we need a stuntman man now.
5: Um. You know, there are some actors that just don't want to get bruised, hurt, scratched. You know, nudged. anything. They're too pretty. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we have somebody that comes in and and takes their place and and we'll take a beating. And and the thing is, is that. There's a line of guys waiting to take that spot. I'll I'll get hit. Right, send right. me in. Right.
3: <laughs> so, who are some of your favorite actors that you've worked with?
5: Ah, uh, um, I don't really have a list of favorite actors. I mean, everybody that I've worked with, it, it was great. I mean, I.
4: Uh, I mean, who have you? Who's the most famous actor you think of that you've doubled for?
5: Uh, I haven't really doubled too many uh, famous actors there's um,
3: uh, is it usually just like for a particular scene they'll put you in right to, yeah to, to do um,
4: I mean like uh, going back to the the danger of it I mean do you think nowadays with uh, with the use of CGI is that uh, is that like cause you to lose work or is it now safer because a lot of because of they're using the use of CGI
5: um, it's it's both. I mean, because they use CGI, we're able to use a lot more wires and less airbags uh, that that could possibly excuse me not be in the right place at the right time.
4: Right. So, like, if you have, you know, like you you can have like a you know a guide rope or a or a safety rope, and then they can just wipe that, remove that in using the CGI. Right. 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 right.
5: But I mean, it's hitting where point is that they have the technology why would they even want to put somebody in danger? Well that's what I'm
4: saying, yeah, yeah so you 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 feel in the future you're going to lose work because of that?
5: Oh it's a dying sport, I I think it's a dying sport the only people that are going to keep us alive the, the actual stunt person are the directors who want to do everything like on film.
4: Like Quentin Tarantino or somebody like that, right?
5: Well yeah. yeah, so there are the people who you know they still use CGI and stuff right. like that. But I mean, there are some people like like um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Right. You know, they just want to do it. You know, old school, like old they, school. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. well, I mean,
4: I, I mean, you know, I I think personally, and you know, I think most people think that if they see it, I mean, you know, CGI isn't to the point where it you it's you know you can see the difference. So I mean like every you know, you can tell when it's a real stunt man and you can tell that, you know, it's not being cre- created in a in a in a computer. And so I mean, I think you know, most people would r- would rather see somebody in
3: Perform a stunt for real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it lends authenticity to a film. And I think that's what the directors are going for if they actually have you know a real person doing that stunt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, as opposed yeah. to like a movie like Transformers where it's like yeah, everything's everything like computer is generated ridiculous. action. Yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. So, no, it, it's, I mean, it, it definitely adds to a movie, you know, if it's real life stuff, and and you can tell that this person's hitting the ground, and it's not CGI, it, it's, you know, I think it's a lot better.
0: Yeah, definitely,
3: definitely. But, so, uh, Eddie, I was reading through uh, your IMDB, and I noticed some of the movies you worked on. I just kind of want to comment on a couple here. So you, you, it says you worked on the movie Jackass. Um, I always thought those guys did their own stunts. Like, what what'd you do for Jackass?
5: Well, sometimes they need stuff that's coordinated. Like, like in the very beginning of the movie, um, where they're, they're um, a bunch of old guys, or the very end of the movie, where they're a bunch of old guys, right? And they're walking around some, some uh, um, gas plant, and they get blown up. Oh yeah 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 I remember that yeah. Yeah so we're rigging a lot of that stuff too. So not only do I do the stunts, I do some of the rigging stuff where I'm I'm connecting the ropes to these guys, right. testing this thing and and uh you know they do sign, you know, stunt waivers or stunt contracts that that uh you know we were thinking when I when I was rigging that we do this thing this uh this thing called a ratchet and it's a, an air-actuated um, pole line, pretty much. Right,
3: right, right, yeah. And it shoots you up in the air?
5: It, yeah, it'll shoot you up in the air. So, and we, when I hooked this thing up and we tested it, we tested it out at, you know, a really mellow yank and, and a nice, smooth drop to where, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's nice and smooth. You can stick grandma on it if you needed to. Right. Um, oh. But then the stunt coordinator came around and said, hey, let me see this. So we do one, and and I'm the the stunt dummy that they gets yanked up, and and uh, he says no 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 no. These guys signed stunt contracts. Crank this thing, and we had we had like let's say 300 pounds of pull, and he changes it to 600 pounds of pull. <laughs> wow. And and it it was these guys
3: took it. Wow, so so o was getting just three hundred, <laughs> or was he getting the full six?
5: He's getting the full six.
3: Wow. wow. <laughs> well, at least they didn't have to test the cattle prod on your nuts or anything. Is yeah. Did they do that? They yeah. were like a Stevo did yeah. their testicles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I wasn't there that day. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the movie uh, you worked on? Hangover. Did you have to dress up as Zach Galifianakis and get punched in the face by Mike Tyson?
5: Well, you know, you know when the guy, the little naked Japanese dude, jumps
3: on that guy's face. Yeah. Oh
5: yeah. That's not me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what would you do in that movie?
5: Okay, um, remember when he gets his, uh, the car impounded? And they're yes. waiting for the car, and they're at the impound yard, and they're saying the car's going to be messed up, the car's going to be messed up. And uh, what they don't show, and that what we filmed that ended up on the cutting room floors, I was in the back of the parking lot, and I'm pitching their car sideways, and I'm just coming inches close to other cars, oh, 180s, and doing stuff. And then I show up, I'm pretty much the car valet. Oh, I see. <laughs> but, <laughs> there's a spot where you can actually see me. Roll up
3: and get out of the car. Well, I don't have to watch that movie again. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd have to get the DVD.
4: Probably got that extra bit on there.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so what movie did you do the most dangerous stunt in your career?
5: The most dangerous stunt in my career? You know, well, there's two, there's two um, movies that I did. One, I actually got nominated um, in the World Stunt Awards, uh, the Taurus Awards, uh, for Hardest hit. Wow. And uh, that was in the movie Stick It. But, and it's not something you want to get nominated
3: for. I was about to say, where did you get hit?
5: Yeah. Well, what it was is that I, uh, in that movie, the first five minutes of the movie is all BMX and skateboarding. And and I worked with uh, uh, Mike Escamilla. On that, and we went into through a, a plate glass window. That's where Ooh. Mike went through, and then oh. I rode my bike as fast as I possibly can towards a uh, a a liquor bar height size, um, like a uh, like
3: a glass like a glass bar.
5: No, 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 like a um, a serving bar. Oh, okay.
3: okay, yeah, all right.
5: Okay, so it's about waist high and imagine riding your bike as fast you possibly can towards this thing and then launch off the bike and do a front somersault. It, through a window? No, not through in, anything. In, into the back of the bar where all the glasses are stored and the bottles and stuff? No, there wasn't anything. Uh, oh, it okay. went straight to the ground. Right,
4: Ooh.
3: okay.
5: Ouch. I, I landed 13 feet away from my bike.
3: Wow. How many times did you have to do that?
5: That was a one take deal. Okay.
3: <laughs> Thank God.
5: Did you Were you able to
4: have a helmet on or any kind of protection? Or
5: um, I had a, one of those road racing back braces. Oh yeah. And some elbows. Oh wow. Man. And yeah. broken your neck. Uh, everything turned out fine. I broke my heel.
4: Oh, wow! From like so, the the whiplash of the
5: you know exactly. Yeah.
3: So Eddie, you know that you're probably going to be in some amount of pain when when you fall down. What's going through your head when you're about to do it? Like seconds before you jump off your bike,
5: I don't want to do this again. <laughs> but you do. It's like getting drunk. That is exactly the same. The thing you think is that if I don't do it right the first time, I'm gonna have to do it again. Yeah. Do it big. Do it hard. Do it one time.
0: Right,
3: and then just hope. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so at, at this point of your career, do you work more in, in uh, film or in television?
5: Um, in this point right now, it's more in film.
3: What are you currently working on right now?
5: Um, unemployed, and, you know, it's it's the movie business. I mean, like, right. I'll work for, you know, one month straight and then not work at all for, you know, one month, and then so work... Off a- and on. Yeah, on and off.
3: Right. That's not that bad. So what is the average career span of, like, a Hollywood stuntman? <sighs> like, I mean, is there an average career span? Like, you know, the uh, people that you know in the industry. There's
5: quite a few guys that are in, in their, you know... Sixties now what? that are that are still doing stunts now take it they're not doing the harder stunts yeah. they're doing a lot of the driving type stunts, and a lot of the stunt guys are coordinating uh movies and things like that, so the older guys are coordinating um, and hiring a lot of the younger guys right but um, we actually tried to get an early retirement fund so, or thing for stunt cord or stunt people right and right. and they denied our our eligibility for that um so we have to go uh, we have to do, be able to do stunts until we're i think 65
3: oh that's a crock shit. <laughs> of shit i know it's just like i can understand if you're sitting behind a desk you yeah. retire when you're 65 wow. when you're jumping out of a car you should be able to retire when you're 50 yeah yeah yep. at least yeah. you know let us do that yeah. well you know one thing you could do is uh well, it sounds like just from uh, some of the anecdotes you've just been telling me now you should probably write a memoir at one point because you got some stories
5: Oh, yes, I've got lots of stories.
3: <laughs> well, let us know if you ever do, and we'll definitely promote it here on Sick and Wrong. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Yeah. All right, well, Eddie, hey, thanks for chatting with us, man.
5: Hey, hey no problem. Anytime you got my number, give me a call. Bye. All right, right, will Eddie. do. All right, bye, take care. Bye. All right, you too, bye. bye.
3: Wow. Seriously, that guy has balls of brass. That guy, seriously, carries his balls in a wheelbarrow. Over his shoulder. I, I you know... <laughs> I'm in awe of a person who would do that for a living, yeah. someone who actually has an interesting job, you know, someone who's who has a job that's 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 worth you know interview. You can you want to have them on the show because you want to learn about what they do every day.
4: Well, like we said, you know, everybody wanted to be a stuntman when they were a kid, but I mean, how many how many ended up being one? You well, how know? many
3: people you know actually have the balls to do that to jump out of a moving car?
4: You know, obviously and chase a dog off a roof and. And fall down a haystack, ACL. or you know,
3: or <laughs> jump out of a plane. Or get shot by Mayans, yeah. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's like you know, we all wanted to be stuntmen. But I remember when I was when I was a kid, and I you know, like probably seventh grade or sixth grade when I when I got into uh, skateboarding, and I realized I'm too big of a puss to do this. I mean, I think it was the first time I ever tried to ollie down a staircase or something, fell and broke my arm. You and, actually broke your arm. Yeah, uh, no, I fractured my uh, I don't know whatever elbow, my right. elbow or something, yeah. and uh, I went and I had to have my arm set and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm not skateboarding again because I'm too big of a puss. <laughs> you know, it's like, but 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 this guy, you know, Eddie well, Eddie Fiola, you know, has that mindset where it's like. And I don't want to do this again, so I'm going to do it right the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's a I'm going to jump pretty, out of this car and I'm going to smash through a plate glass window and I'm going to do it right the first time. That's a pretty time.
4: amazing uh, mindset to like you know sit, you know just say oh, I'm going to do this big and I'm going to do it good because this is the only time I'm going to do it. You know? Well, I
3: mean, what was going through your head when you're on like a half pipe on your BMX? I wouldn't do that. I'm too big of a puss to do that. I mean, yeah,
4: you just got to like think beyond it, you know, think what, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I
3: mean, what what do those guys think? Like uh, the guys in Jackass, they think. I'm just going to think I'm so cool after, yeah. you know. I uh, electrocute well, you my balls.
4: you obviously, you you don't, you don't think of the worst. You're not going to think that uh, you know you're going to end up in hospital, or otherwise you're not going to do it, you know. But you you think of the glory and the you know that the uh, the fake fame that you're going to get and the and the fake money that you get high paid. Fives. Yeah,
3: exactly. And I mean, that's and the,
4: the bra- any of the you know the kudos from your your buddies. You. That's know?
3: the thing with skateboarding. I didn't mind being a puss because it was like. You know, okay, yeah, I guess I could learn to do that trick and fall down a hundred times and fracture my ankles and break my knee and smash my face in. Yeah. but that's not going to get me laid. It might get me a high five from you, your buds. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. my buds are going to be like, "Wow, dude, that was a great trick." Yeah. But it's not going to be that. You know, that girl over there is like, "I want to give you a blowjob because well, you did that ollie."
4: I mean yes and no I mean at certain circumstances no most of the time no but if you continue doing it and you get to the point where he was in the 80s yes you did in, uh, yeah, in I bet spades. you Evil
3: Knievel got a lot of blowjobs well, I, I, and Eddie Fiola probably got a hell of a lot of 80s. blowjobs yeah, yeah. There, you know uh, thank you sleazy for hooking that up that was an interesting interview yes uh, he was, was, was awesome. a fascinating person to talk and, uh, to
4: You know well spoken and it was awesome. awesome might have
3: to have him on the show uh, again sometime <laughs> but now I kind of want to watch The Hangover and uh, uh, I want know, to see the extras on the hang of his
4: DVD see if he does the you know the whole the whole car spinning trick. Or Sons stuff. of Anarchy. I wanna yeah. see if I
3: recognize him now. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, we'll put some pictures on the site. Maybe maybe some people out there will recognize him. Well uh we're nearing the end of the show. We got a few phone calls to get to, a couple emails that came to uh the signal podcast at hotmail.com dot com address. I don't know if you're aware of this, uh Sleazy, but it's four twenty today. You know what? It's the it's International Day I of think- Pot Celebration. <laughs> Have you ever been a stoner? Were you no, ever a stoner? No. Not even back when no. you were like
4: 18? I I've never smoked in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette or like. I mean, I've smoked weed before, but I mean, I mean oops. If mom's listening, I, you didn't hear that. But but uh, I mean, you know. The like, English guy's so I,
3: polite. If mommy's listening <laughs> to me and I just said I smoked some marijuana, I'd be so embarrassed. Um, I don't. No, I,
4: it's, I, it's, my lungs hurt. I
3: just. I never. No, be you able went, smoke. Okay, well, you went, okay, you went eat a pop brownie, a pot cake.
4: No, I've done that. I've, I've done that. Yeah, never never again. No, Started that's, crying. No, I remember I went to meet rolled you. Rolled up in a
3: fetal position. The last
4: time I did that, I went to meet you, and I ate some like strawberry strudel from one of those. Part I remember things. that and you had to go home. I couldn't. I couldn't even walk home. I had to follow the wall back to my house. And when I finally got back into my house, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here." Turn. What am I going to do now? So I turned on the TV. Couldn't understand a word of what was going on. That ain't for me.
3: Well, we got to you know, I want to say happy 420 out there to all the stoners that listen. Yeah, yeah. No you respect know so E might not be a stoner. Yeah. I'm not really a st- I used to be a stoner for years. I uh, kind of stopped smoking. I think a lot of people do that when they uh, hit the age of 30. It's like, I mean, with me, it was just kind of like, wow, well, you know, it just makes me tired now. I'm just not yeah. having fun. But I remember for a, for a good 10 years, it was drugs, namely pot, m- made or broke my good time. It was either if I had weed, I was going to have a good time. If I did not have any weed, I was going to be pissed. For me, it was uh, uh, drugs and booze is a sure way to lose. (laughs) It's because you went through the D.A.R.E. program. But anyway, I want to say happy 420 out out there, all those stoners. We got a couple people that uh, wrote in to us and uh, gave us a... Well, one guy in particular here, uh, Patrick, wrote in and gave us a stoner's prayer to read to everybody. Please. I know. I didn't even know stoners could write. Uh, He writes, Happy 420, Dan Lance. First off, thanks for the Facebook ad. You two truly are a a pair of the sickest fuckers I know. But I'd fight a 400-pound beast-hoofed tranny to the death before I'd let anyone lay a finger on either of you. Whoops, I think Wackley just got some wood there. It's good to know that you have our back, there, uh, Patrick. You'd fight four hundred pound beast hoof trannies, which I've seen walking around the tenderloin, kind of where Sleazy E lives. Didn't
4: they make the movie about that? Precious. It was.
3: <laughs> Actually, Precious was a four hundred pound. I think she might have been four fifty. Second, I know neither of you boys are heshers, but I wrote a little something a few years ago that I thought some of your more four twenty acclimated friends might enjoy. Uh, Sorry for the decidedly secular nature of the piece there, D. I'll uh, try working on a Jewish version for you next year. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Patrick from Sacramento. So here's a stoner's prayer um, for all you 420 people out there celebrating. Stoner's prayer. Our dealer who tends thy garden, hallowed be thy bud. Thy weed smokes long in a three-foot bong and in pipes that we scrape for resin. Give us this day our daily bowl as my friends and I get trashed. Until the bowl is cashed, lead us into intoxication and deliver us a pizza. For thine is the chronic, the ganja, and a mellow high forever. Amen. Mary Jane, 420. Whatever's. He's praying to the God of weed. Keep praying for that one. But thank you, Patrick. Uh, You should mail that in the high times. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Um, So we got a few phone calls here. The second wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. Before I get to that, how about a quick word from AdamandEve.com?
1: Are you in need of a new dildo, butt elk, or maybe a jack-off sleeve? As Trucker Paul would put it. Well, just head over to AdamandEve.com and
5: enter offer code DIDLE to receive 50 off almost any time and plenty of free extras, like free shipping and other shit like that buy me a new dildo now the juke law commands you fucking nerds oh sacramone is still boring as fuck keep it sick keep it wrong from the swarm
3: alright sleazy we got a few phone calls that's sticking wrong hotline 206-666-3846 is that number uh yeah why don't we get to call number one
2: hey d hey Wackerly. this is brog again i called earlier tonight um about the marley festival But uh, I'm sitting here, waiting for a bus to get home. And uh, apparently I'm sitting outside of a gay bar. Didn't notice this until I sat
3: down. Two funny things in that. Did he just say he was at a Bob Bob Marley festival?
4: I think it was some kind of, yeah, like uh, reggae kind of, probably reggae by
3: by the river or whatever those things they have. God, could you imagine? I can't, that's like almost as bad as a Jimmy Buffett festival. Well,
4: I think you probably have to take drugs to deal with that, right?
3: I'd seriously rather drive a nail through my nuts than go <laughs> go go to a Bob Marley festival. Nails, but uh, so anyway, the guy was at a Bob Marley festival, and then he uh, finds himself afterwards
4: in front of a sitting gay in bar. front of
3: a gay bar. He must have been smoking some really good ganja.
2: <laughs> yeah, at
3: before twenty, dude, <laughs> say the prayer.
2: Shut down. But a friend of mine, a coworker for about a year, walked up to me, and I couldn't recognize him. Uh, like I couldn't picture who it was i was like who are you like, it's me and i was like holy fuck it was my co-worker he, he's a transvestite i had no fucking idea i just thought you should know i don't know how i'm gonna face him tomorrow peace out guys
4: wow so he still works with a guy and then, I mean, who would recognize a tranny coming up to you and going, hey, man, it's me. You well, know? you know, it
3: could have been much worse. You could have been waking up next year and <laughs> I mean like, what? You're the dude I work with wearing a wig and a dress? Oh, yeah. my
4: God. He didn't take that many drugs. Yeah,
3: so it. it could have been that bad. But you, you know what's funny is, uh, I think i I know I've talked about this on the, on the, on the show before, but my uh, cousin, who I've only really met like a couple times, older than me, he's got to be in like his 50s or something, he became a woman like 10 years ago. 15 years. Eh, probably about 10 years ago. Really? When he was like 45, he uh, decided he just wanted to be a woman just like that. The man had two children, right. ages like 8 and 10. What? and what? wife had been married for like 15 years. Right. And uh, a successful practice. I think he was like a... A doctor or something? Yeah, I think he was a, 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 nicer, a, a an ophthalmologist. He was he, an ophthalmologist. Did he cut his
4: wiener off himself or what?
3: No, I think he... Uh, what happened is that he started taking hormones decided he wanted to be a woman, right. and uh eventually did get the procedure and I met him years later i mean i I wanted to see him after that, but obviously most of our family kind of shunned him he's right. been he was kind of cast out after that of of the uh, d simon family uh reunions but i I was always saying you know if I ever got married i'd totally invite him over to uh to to one of my you know to one of my uh uh, but anyway, I, I was at... I think it was his his father's funeral. And this is about a few years ago. And I t- was talking to this guy the whole time. Had no idea. Thought it was one of my, my aunt's Aunt? elderly really? friends. Had no So clue. It, was, it
4: was a good transfer, the transition. Though. He
3: just looked like an ugly old woman. <laughs> like an ugly old Jewish lady with a right. big nose and frizzy hair. Wearing like kind of a frumpy outfit. I had no idea. And then afterwards... You know, we we're, uh, were eating dinner, just me and my family, and uh, my dad and my sister is like, So you were talking to uh, Bradley the whole time? Bradley. I
4: was like, Who? what, was, what, what did they change the name to?
3: Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, I was like, Who was that? He goes, that, that, that. I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. So sometimes, I mean, you really can't yeah. tell, but at least this guy wasn't waking up next yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, call number two?
1: Sick and wrong, you dirty little fuckers. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Is this Russell Brady? um I post as Howdy Sailor on the forums, but I've posted about five times, so no one will give a fuck. Anyway, um, in your most recent episode, you said about the word wobble, how us sticky little limeys say the word wobble all the time. That never happens. I don't use that as an insult. The-
3: wobble? I don't remember that, either. Were we referencing a wobbly H? Oh, yeah.
4: Because we've used wobbly yeah, H, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, do... You- yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing, the only, the only way Wobble comes into my vernacular would probably be, like, a Weebles Wobble, right? You know,
3: like the old Weebles. Oh, yeah, at, I remember things. that, the kids' right, show, right? Right, right. And they, were, they, like,
4: and they were, like, you know, like, they looked like eggs and they wobbled around. But
3: you haven't lived in Limey Land for yeah, a long time. True. Maybe I Wobble's, be, like, a new... I might uh, be totally know, disconnected. Anyway, some new go. type of jargon or something.
1: Doesn't use it to describe a fat person. Well, actually, I have a pretty cool way to describe a fat person, but anyway... The only time I would use the word now is if I was talking about wobble bass, which I don't know if you fuckers know about your electronic and dance music, but wobble bass is a sort of bass, style of bass programming that is very prevalent in dubstep music. So that's where you would use the term wobble bass in that. the UK. Anyway, the main brunt of my point is English guys coming over to America. I want your advice. Now, I know you've got a friend whatever the fuck his name is, who's English and has lived over in America for a while. (laughs) I think that might be me. (laughs) I think he's talking about you here. (laughs) Do you think two English guys who come over to America, the whole English accent, you know, the charming, bumbling, Hugh Grant English style, will it get me much success over there in America? So, or is that just some big stereotype? Just let me know what you think. See you later, cunt.
3: So he he wants to know if uh, just being an English guy, a a shouty cracker Hugh Grant type with an accent would get him laid here, get him some tail.
4: He doesn't really sound like... Got a little
3: spot of trim.
4: (laughs) He doesn't sound like much of a Hugh Grant type, but uh, I mean, I I don't know what it is like now, you know, like... uh, it worked for me when I first moved over here, so I'm sure. It still I was about works. to say when you yeah. first
3: came in, you've had friends visit. Uh, you like Jeff was out here, right? Right. Um, but I think he was with a lady. But yeah. um, the first oh, no, time he, he
4: got, he got, yeah, he, it worked for him. He got many girlfriends.
3: What? Okay, you know a lot of people don't know this. You might be pissing me for bringing this up, but do you remember uh, you were on the Real World? You dated a chick on the real world it was the first was it the first season? It was the actually world? the
4: second actual season, but it was the San Francisco. The first one was in New York and the second one was in San oh, okay. Francisco. okay. So right.
3: you're on the San Francisco one. Right. The one with Puck. Right. Yeah, and, and that's uh,
4: how we got. That's how I got onto the show because we were friends with Puck because we we rode together, BMX rode together and stuff, which he didn't really do.
3: But was there an angry black guy in that? No,
4: year? actually, that was Mohammed. He's he's a really cool guy. He was a rapper and stuff. Actually, he was probably one of the coolest guys. But wasn't in there. there
3: an angry black guy in every season of the Real World? Just one black guy that was just <laughs> pissed off.
4: I think Puck was played the role of that. I'd be buddy. pissed
3: off too. It's like I got to live with all these whiteys. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, uh, you are okay? So you were English. You came right. here. you have only been living for, right. here for a couple of years. Not even
4: that. No, it was like it was maybe a it, not even a year after I moved here. So
3: did you notice? Did the trim flow like a river when they heard your? Well, in that, Hello, perte- in that particular
4: situation, in. Um, I guess I kind of saw one of the girls from the show, but it's not sort of, kind of not really. But then she, uh, but she was holding holding herself for uh, marriage. She was uh, a devout uh, Catholic. So you you just just got anal. (laughs) (laughs) And DJs. Isn't that (laughs) how that works? (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, so I didn't get none, but... um but what maybe, about
3: your buddy uh, Jeff. Jeff though that when he came out he got yeah, late, he?
4: yeah he, he got good he went, he dated one of the other girls on the show and I think he got some so. he's
3: got one of those like Jiminy qu- Cricket well, like English guy accents yeah. it's not like one of those like sexy like Hugh Grant's got like oh I mean you know <laughs> an aristocrat it's like he's got one of those Jiminy Crickets like I'm right. gonna clean your chimney sweep governor
4: you know, <laughs> yeah exactly more like you know
3: energetic working class kind of. but what I'm saying it doesn't matter it's like you got no. an accent girls you, here are, it, it like, sounds the
4: same to most you're Americans. exotic It doesn't matter if, if, you know, you sound like Hugh Grant or you sound like uh, Danny Dyer, if anybody knows who that is.
3: But, I mean, do you have to necessarily look like Hugh Grant or look like Russell Brand or look like David Beckham?
4: Like, could you look
3: like Ricky Gervais and have an accent and get laid? I
4: think that, like, I think that, like, I mean, most guys from England or, I mean, including myself... We're not, we're we a pretty picture, but that, that does, you know, that, that marks you up a couple of spots, you know? If, if you look like, like
3: Russell Brand? Yeah, if
4: you're like six, and you might an be an eight, you know what I mean? But, you know, say if Russell Brand's an eight, he becomes a 10 because of his accent. You All know
3: right. So, so what about like the uh, reverse here? Right. The converse? Um, if do you think Bob Fossil gets a lot of tail <laughs> in London? Do <laughs> you think when Bob Fossil hits a club? Rich Vulture, no, <laughs> Rich Vulture, no, you don't no, think no, so. No, Being no. an American But then
4: again, you know, like he has that, you know, that personality, that persona, like but you know, out there, very funny guy. You know, I'm sure he like he does
3: a right. But I just wonder, like, do, but in general, do you think American dudes get a lot of tail in yes, the UK? They did. Yeah?
4: They did when I was uh when I lived in England, um, we had—I lived in, in my town. We um, we had a lot of um, IBM workers, and so we'd have you know transplants from, from here. And there was this one guy that I befriended when I was like twelve, and oh, every girl that you know I wanted in that in my in my in my class or school, after him.
3: You Dietary. don't know why though. He probably had braces when he was younger. Whereas you English guys? <laughs> I don't think they have orthodontists over there.
4: Yeah, we just got longer tongues. It's fine.
3: So to make a long story short, uh, you two limeys yeah, that are going to come over here, here I would bet dollars of donuts you're yeah. going to be yeah like yeah. Milk-
4: chick ticket, you know, chick tickets are cheap. And you're uh, going to be neck
3: deep yeah. in American trim, guaranteed. Yeah. It do it. That's what's going to happen. Do it. Just get really, really drunk. It'll help you out. Oh, what's the final call here? Call number three. get
2: wrong. Dude, you're
3: born in Monroe. I live like an hour away in Shitport, Louisiana. Is that Shreveport? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I I was born in Monroe, Louisiana. I think I right. lived there a year. But Shreveport, Shreveport is
4: the place where uh, that shows from. The the vampires. Yeah, right in outside of it. Yeah, yeah,
3: right outside Shreveport.
2: Good on you. Uh we're talking about the condoms and porn, and I—I I gotta tell you, when I see a condom on a dude in a porn, it makes me think that the bitch is really fucking nasty. I mean, I think condoms are pretty nasty just in themselves because it's a, it's offensive to whoever you are uh, you're fucking. I
3: mean, okay, who would you rather offend? The you know the person you're fucking, or right. would you rather offend the person you're fucking, or would you rather get AIDS? Yeah.
4: Well, you I mean, personally, like,
3: I'd be like, all right, I'm going to offend you before yeah. I stick my dick in your hole and get AIDS. I, I guess mean, it depends on what you're fucking.
4: Right. But I mean, like, if you're in a relationship with somebody and then suddenly you, uh, you know, you've been not using one and then suddenly you pull one out, then, you know, there's got to be a reason for that, right?
3: I guess, okay, I guess if you put it in that context yes all right it depends on who that you're would be fucking. offensive if you're fucking you know your wife or your long-term girlfriend and then all of a sudden one day it's like hey baby I say we use a condom tonight <laughs> she be like just to make what? things a little crazy a yeah. little strange you know <laughs> just to do something different yeah i i could see her being like okay why all of a sudden your dick is dirty
4: yeah you know Where have you been
3: or or maybe you're saying that to her but I think in general, if you're promiscuous and you're having, like, one-night stands and you're hooking up with girls at the bar, wear a condom because it's way better than getting AIDS. I would say so. Dito. It's like, what do you think, I'm, I'm dirty or
2: something? Do I need to go to the clinic? You don't trust me? And, I mean, if you're not going to play a Russian roulette with your dick, what's it worth living, you know? And that's why they have clinics. It's an experience, it's life, it's
4: shit you can pass down to the younger generation. Yeah, but that's not funny, is it? That's not like, you know, like clinics are there for, you know, they're not there for preventative, you know?
3: No, clinics aren't aren't supposed to be there for (laughs) a a preventative measure. Although, how many times have you been to, I don't know how many times this guy's been to the clinic, but how many times have you been to the SF City Clinic? Uh Huh? You want to talk about a scary (laughs) fucking place? A place that will scare you into using condoms. I've been there a few times, and you know, I used to work at a strip club. I've been to the SF City Clinic a few times. I didn't have benefits for years, and I just remember being there. It's just, and it's excruciatingly traumatic experience. It's like you're sitting next to street hookers because this is free. I mean, it's a free service for for the city. Street hookers, trannies, gay dudes, straight dudes, um, prostitutes you know, women, men, and it's just like you're sitting there and you're just like, uh, and everyone's holding a cup filled with urine. You're, you're waiting to pee or, or you're holding a cup filled with urine to get called in the next room. And you just think that, I mean, just by sitting in that room, you just think, I have AIDS. That's why I'm here <laughs> right now. I have AIDS. I'm just waiting. I'm just praying that this person is going to tell me I don't have AIDS. It's a horrible experience. If you, if you want to talk about an experience that will make you wear a condom, yeah. it's going to a city clinic. Okay, scare this guy straight. So,
2: you don't tell. Wearing condoms so you don't get an STD. You explain the what the STD does and and how it affects your body, so they know what it is when it happens to them, and they're not like fucking freaked out. And then they they know to go to the clinic and so on. It's it's, it's the way it's the way it works. Anyway, keep it safe, keep it wrong. Love you guys. I'm looking forward to next week.
3: You know, I, I take issue with what he said, but he did he did at the end. Yes. Learn what STDs can do to your body, yeah. but if you're having if you're having sex with multiple partners, if you're having sex with partners the first time, you should be wearing a condom.
4: Definitely, definitely. I, and
3: I'm not a proponent of condoms. I think condoms uh, make sex just. Not an enjoyable experience. It's
4: like sucking a uh, piece of candy with
3: a wrapper still on it. Or it's like fucking a girl with, like, a sock on your dick. (laughs) It it really doesn't feel as good, but it feels better than syphilis. Yes. It really does. In the long term. So listen up, kids. Wrap it up. Yeah. Don't get syphilis. Yeah. Take that from sick and (laughs) raw. But Yeah. yeah, in porn, though, that's what I'm... I mean, that's what we brought up last week. It's like porn stars, you walk... The razor's edge. Yeah, I want to see that person's paid to take risks. Right. So no condoms for that. That's cheating. Right. Yeah. You know that's like uh, Eddie Fiola the stuntman, like wearing you know a Kevlar vest or a, or a pillow on his ass <laughs> or a helmet in a scene. You know, it's like there's cheating. Yeah. It's like you're a porn star. You're paid to take the risks. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. People, call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. We do always love to hear from you. You can also email us at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, com. You know, uh um, Sleazy, I know you don't tend to go on the Sick and Wrong forum all that much. Uh, you're a bit thin-skinned when it comes to a lot of that, as am I, because uh most of the things on the... I'm scared. Well, most of the things on the uh Sick and Wrong uh forum, you can't really unsee. So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, go there on your own risk. But anyway... I'm bringing up a particular thread because it's kind of apropos being that you're here tonight i've been enjoying this thread that was started by who I assume is a yank uh anal devastation's his name. He wrote a thread just that just said "Fuck England
4: oh nice and okay. he's a
3: classic classic troll because what you know half of the forum is English I mean there's like so many limeys that go to that forum
4: so explain that to me like why what is the uh connection and why like why you uh spread like wildfire? Like uh, like the plague, the British plague
3: in uh, in, in England? England. Yeah, you know I really can't understand it, other than the fact that you know you have a show like um, Monty Python, and then you have a show like Who's the Boss. <laughs> you know, it's like there's the Americans like true. the lowest denoma- the common denominator right. of comedy. English people have more highbrow sense. It's like I that think uh, I think uh, me myself, th- and myself and Wackley, we're highbrow. Dude. I, I'm trying we're, to we're think- highbrow comedy here. We're like Woody Allen.
4: But so there must be some American uh, co- comedians that, like, uh, uh, are somewhere around there, right?
3: You don't know, you know what it really is. It's. I think we just kind of exemplified dumbass America. And it's just like, now we can make fun <laughs> so, of the Yanks even yeah. more because these two inbreds, uh, yeah. you know, do a podcast we can listen to every week. Anyway, this guy decided to wind up some limeys by, um, by starting this, like, fuck England thread. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's, uh, you know... You, you you read it, and it's just become this huge debate between, like, what we did for you. Without us, you'd, you would have been taken over by no, Germany. But, uh, it's ridiculous. No, and uh, and it's funny. As if you'd take anyone with a name like Anal Devastation seriously, <laughs> but people do. And it's amusing. So it's a great troll thread. So people, you know, you can go to the Sigurong Forum, and yeah, you can see uh, many pictures of titties. Or you can go to the Sigurong Forum, and you can debate... You know the difference between uh, the U.S. and uh, you know the Great Britain. So it's it's a learning experience for all those involved. That's all I'm saying. So go check out SigRong Forum, linked right off our main page, SigRongPodcast dot com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes. We really do appreciate that. All your comments and your ratings uh, really supports the show. It's an easy way to support the show. It gives us great exposure, and uh, we've actually been rising the ranks. I mean, I say that every week, but. I noticed uh, the past few times I went and checked on iTunes. What are we up to We were now? Right are right under to? Adam Carolla, right under the Nerdist. Well, I mean, I'm just saying the icon, <laughs> like the elephant shitting was there. But in rankings, I think we are a little lower. But, I mean, it's just good to have the visibility. Are we, are we
4: being the Bible podcast or what?
3: Yes, and that's what I'm happy about. So, that's uh, all that Big ups to all you out there who are voting for us on iTunes. Finally, uh, make sure you go buy a Sick and Wrong t-shirt from the Sick and Wrong store. Right off the main page, com. I also threw up a link and, uh, to the Cafe Press store yeah, and a, just recently uh, renovated it.
4: There's a bunch of good stuff on there.
3: You know, I, uh, people were sick of the, uh, the old uh, hooded Abu Ghraib figure that they yeah. all thought was a KKK figure listening to an iPod. <laughs> yeah. Completely misinterpreted. Uh, that's fine. Um, so I took it down, oh. and I put all sorts of new stick and wrong designs. I well, think
4: the people in England, they should uh, snap up the uh, pope, um yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, Sick and Wrong Pope. Yeah, that was yeah. uh, designed by our yeah. good friend Joe, uh, can, Joe Kelly. You can wear uh, that you know, that when, when the Pope comes to visit England and gets arrested.
3: So you've got options now. Go to the Sick and Wrong store. You can buy the, uh, the, the Sick and Wrong shirts we have right off our website. Or you can go even to Cafe Press and buy some Sick and Wrong uh, stuff.
4: Paraphernalia. Yeah.
3: Uh, finally here, the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. You know, I just think it's fitting to end the show with the number, you know, the, 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 the greatest song from the movie Rad.
4: Yeah, uh, and tribute to uh,
3: Eddie Fiola. Yeah, and who uh, played the, the chick. <laughs> had, <laughs> to the, the, had to wear no, a wig. Luckily, not had it, bro. <laughs> to play the chick, although he didn't do the scene. So we're going to end the show with Send Me an Angel by the band Real Life, uh, which was the best scene in the movie Rad. And I want to dedicate this song not to Eddie. But to uh, one of our listeners, Duramater, Mater, uh, she loves the movie Rad. Yeah. And seriously, I think when she goes to sleep at night, she doesn't have wet dreams about Ron Jeremy's porcine frame or his massive todger like most chicks tend to do. She dreams about guys with mullets and acne wearing acid-washed jeans <laughs> and uh, sleeveless shirts dancing on the handlebars of their BMX bikes. <laughs> to this song, Send Me an Angel.
5: Yeah. So here's
3: to you. This is for you, there, Duramater. All right. Send me an angel from uh, from the movie Rad. So thank you, Sleazy E, for yeah. being on the show. Happy birthday, my man. We'll yeah, uh, chin, chin. we'll pay. get uh, quite drunk over the Bronx tomorrow night. Yeah. Too bad about Gary Newman, but maybe maybe in the yeah, near future. Maybe. I blame Iceland for that. <laughs> People will be back next week. Till then, take it, sleazy. Days.
0: Call the sick and wrong hotline.
5: Ring, 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 ring,
0: ring, ring. Banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call the sick and wrong hotline. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone.